Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. At the intersection of sustainability, fashion and work with refugees lies a new social enterprise called Give Your Best. Sol Escobar is the founder and it's her experiences working with refugees and her personal journey to the UK that led her to create the online clothing donation platform. I'm a white European looking woman, basically. Um, even though I come from South America, half my family is South American and half my family is European. So I had the incredible luck and privilege to inherit Italian citizenship. Because I have that piece of paper and because I look the way I look, I am granted so many more opportunities and judged so differently. And it always strikes me that I am never asked to go back to my country, even though I could, because I wouldn't be fearing for my life if I did. And they do get told to go back to their country, but they can't. They probably want to, but they can't. I asked Sol how Give Your Best works. What we do, which is quite innovative, is that we have an online catalogue or shop of all of these donated items of clothing and other items as well, like accessories, etc. And then the women in the community that we are supporting, they can shop that catalogue for free. What we want to do through that is, of course, as well, give the opportunity for women to access clothing, which is something that, especially during the pandemic, has been very difficult with charities being closed and charity shops being closed. But primarily, we want to give them the choice to shop or choose what they want to wear. And that way, little by little, restoring their agency and their you know, sense of self-worth. So how is this helping women in the UK who are refugees? In a couple of ways. So first of all, giving them access to basic things like clothing. We also send to the same women free menstrual products as well with each order. So we have partnered with Hey Girls UK, which is a sustainable uh, social enterprise as well that manufacture sustainable menstrual products. But at the same time, when you buy one, they donate one. So we are one of their partners. So they donate items to us. So we do that as well. But apart from giving access to these basics, what we also provide is a community for them that we are creating at the moment. We have volunteer opportunities as well in our team. So we have several women from the community that we are supporting who are also volunteering with us. And also, as I said before, just giving that shopping experience as well that many of them have not had for a very long time and that opportunity to choose the donations that they want to receive, which is something that doesn't happen very often. How do you deal with cultural differences in terms of clothing? Well, we have a huge variety of clothing that are donated through us. We have some guidelines, but beyond the state of the garment, so we as our name suggests, we ask people to give their best. So nothing that is torn or anything like that. But other than that, we basically post in our shop as much as we possibly can. And there are all sorts of items of clothing and most of them are being shopped. So we have anything from, it could be from loungewear or even pyjamas, for example, to long dresses, to 
tailored suits to work clothes. We, we have a huge range and up to date, we have had over 2,800 items of clothing donated through us. Um, and we have new ones arriving every day. So. so how long have you actually been going? So we launched last September and it was, it was only an idea the first month. So I don't really consider the months of September being a full on launch. It was a soft launch. It was a pilot. Uh, so we only had at the beginning one or two households of women who were seeking asylum that we were sort of trialing this with. Uh, and when we realized that this was actually something that they really liked. And at the beginning, I remember them telling us, we have, we have put a, a, a reminder on the days that you are launching new things and the whole household gets together and we all shop together. And they had kind of like this event around being able to shop all of them together. So that was really lovely. And when we realized that it was something that if it worked for one or two specific households, we could possibly as well launch it to the wider audience. Um, that's kind of when we started thinking, okay, how are we going to do this logistically if it does get big, big enough that, you know, we might need more volunteers or systems, etc. So we started working on that and it wasn't until mid-October, November that we had a website. We didn't even have a website at the beginning. We started it with a page on Instagram where we hosted our shop and Obviously, close and, uh, very quickly, we realized that it wasn't very, very accessible and sustainable because a lot of the people in the community that we want to reach don't have social media. So soon enough, we realized, OK, we really need a, a website where the shop can feed through a, a web page. We kind of grew step by step as we realized what was the next thing that was needed to make it um, more accessible to more people. And a few months later, here we are. We have lots of lots of plans and new people registering to shop with us every day as well. And is this something that you and a couple of other people are running? Currently, we have 45 volunteers in the team. It started with me and me putting out uh, a message on social, on social media saying, I'm thinking of doing this. Does anyone want to help me set it up? And I had immediately, I think, two, two or three women that reached out to me. I didn't even know them, um, but they said, it sounds fantastic. We can help you with this. And we met on Zoom on a Friday night over a few glasses of wine. And that's how Give Your Best was born. But little by little, we did have to incorporate more and more volunteers. And yes, now we're a team of 45 and we have within the structure of Give Your Best, we've got a team for operations. We have one for social media. We have business development, fundraising, tech, research. We have all sorts of different teams now and it's very exciting the different ideas and projects that are coming out of that. We have big plans for this year, which is really, really exciting. I mean, it's wonderful to hear about women coming together to support other women. I'm curious to understand why clothing? I mean, why is it you think that that's a proactive way to empower refugees? Yeah, it's very interesting because we would love to expand beyond clothing. It all started with clothing simply because this group of women that I was supporting at the time we're talking about not having access to clothing because in the middle of, of lockdown, all charity shops were closed, charities themselves were closed and they just didn't have access to clothing. And that was 
something that they were struggling with. It was initially born out of that. We would like to eventually expand to more items. Like, for example, we have recently done a few drives where we have asked for uh, tech, for example, gadgets, laptops, phones, etc. And we have, we did get about 50 laptops and phones that we distributed amongst uh, women and children in the community, which was fantastic. And we're trying to keep that up as well, because there's a lot of need for that. But in terms of we want of the clothes, we want it to be able to to sort of master what we're doing with one particular type of product. And then when we have that down, then we can actually expand to to more things. But honestly, I don't see why it couldn't be expanded to more items either, because once we we have, for example, we're building our shop, our own platform at the moment, where we can upload all sorts of items, etc. And once the tech is there that supports what we're doing, then we will be able to expand to other things as well. And it's just a very sustainable way as well to sort of recycle, to call it something, all sorts of items apart from clothing as well. You mentioned when we were having our little pre-podcast chat that your social enterprise is in fact peopled by 45 women. Yeah. Is that by design or was that by accident? It was, it's not necessarily by design, but... I think that because the community that we have built is predominantly women donating their clothes to other women, that our community online, for example, is 98% women. So whenever we do our call outs for volunteers, we predominantly get applications for women. And it has created such an amazing kind of dynamic as well because we've had so we have about 300 women that are registered to shop with us and then we have over 400 that have donated their clothes and 45 women running the whole organization and it is kind of organically happened that way yeah it's a it's a wonderful community that we have created and we have five volunteers in our team who are from the community that we are supporting who were some of the first shoppers that we had when we initially started give your best and they are a very important part of our team now because obviously we want to have people from the community involved in what we're doing to make sure that we're doing something that is right and is helpful. On your website, you mentioned that you are an LGBTQI inclusive platform. Mm -hmm. Is this something that you give space to for people who identify as female? Yeah, we basically want to be very clear that we are inclusive and we are here to support whoever needs women's clothes, regardless of how do you identify and we don't want the fact that our website and community is geared towards women to feel exclusive. So we felt that it was important for us to specify that we are inclusive of anyone. You've mentioned the fact that you're bringing communities together. How are you doing this in a proactive manner? Yeah, something that has come out of what we're doing, which potentially initially It was something that we wanted to address, but didn't quite anticipate how big it was going to get, was this connection that happens between the person that is 
gifting or donating their clothes and the person who has shopped that item. So I think that the fact that whoever is sending their clothes, they know that on the other side, there is a woman who is their same size, who has their same fashion sense because they chose, you know, my clothes, but lives in a completely different situation and reality makes that connection a lot stronger. So we do encourage, for example, when we contact the person gifting their clothes to let them know such and such has purchased or shopped your clothes. Um, we encourage them to send, you know, a letter or they can send little extras like chocolates or a card or something showing their support if they want to. And it's one of the things that whenever we get messages back from the women who are shopping with us and they send us photos of them wearing their, their clothes or they send us photos of what they received, what they say more often is how much they appreciate the messages that they get and the, the letters and the, the cards. And they always tell us that they feel really supported when they get messages from people that they don't know saying, we want you here and welcome to the UK. And I know you're having a hard time, but, you know, hang in there kind of thing. So that has become a very lovely side effect of what we're doing that we didn't necessarily had anticipated. And it's what inspired us to decide to put a bit more emphasis into connecting the two communities. We feel a little bit like at the moment we act as facilitators between someone who wants to give their clothes in a more meaningful way with someone who needs that support and the clothes. And so we also want to facilitate connecting both communities. So for example, we are in the process of hopefully next week launching a new platform, like a safe environment, like a private social media platform where people can connect from the two communities. We have also organized some Zoom sessions as well. We had one for Valentine's Day with both women from our community and from our donors. We had one for Christmas as well. And those went down wonderfully it was lovely to actually get to meet some of the women that have been shopping with us for quite a while and some of the women that have been donating clothes for quite a while in 2021 we want to develop a lot more of that community and support as well for the women who are shopping with us uh, mentoring programs we have all sorts of exciting things planned so i know this is not your first project with the refugee community can you share what you've done before? Yes, I've been volunteering in supporting the refugee community and people seeking asylum in the UK and abroad for a few years now with different charities. After I started volunteering with a charity from Cambridge going to Calais a few years ago, that is where this journey started, I would say. That's what kind of prompted me to start doing more when I actually saw what was happening firsthand and basically it started after I came back from volunteering with raising awareness in my workplace so a couple of years ago I founded the refugee support committee where I brought people together at work to volunteer to organize events to raise awareness we did charity fairs and we invited people with lived experience to come and talk about their journeys, etc., in the place where I work. So that's kind of how it all started. Then lockdown and pandemic hit, and then we couldn't go physically to help 
anymore in the different communities and in Calais, etc. And it was quite a frustrating time for me as well, knowing that so many people needed support, but not knowing how to help. And so we had a chat last summer, in fact, about other things that I was organizing, like, for example, events um, over um, online on Refugee Week, etc. And I was working on other projects as well to do with education and trying to offer some sort of educational mentoring for people seeking asylum in the UK. Um, and those are projects that are still there. They've been parked. They haven't completely been cancelled. But Give Your Best just sort of happened. And it just grew so quickly that I'm hoping in the future I'll be able to incorporate other projects into Give Your Best. I understand your motivation to work with refugees once you had been to Calais as a volunteer, but what was it that prompted you, that motivated you to even volunteer for Calais in the first place? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's one that I get asked quite a bit. <laughs> um, well, I'm, a, I'm an immigrant myself and I always have been interested in issues to do with integration having gone through it firsthand and having lived in many different countries as well on my way to settling in the UK. And I think once I started learning more about uh, the refugee crisis and people seeking asylum, I think it became so much more evident the double standards that exist in judging my journey to the UK, having gone through five countries before coming here is seen as adventurous Whereas someone else who goes through five countries before coming to the UK to seek asylum is seen as criminal for some reason. We're recording this. Yeah. I can see you because we're recording it via Zoom. It's going to be an audio podcast. For somebody who's listening, they will not understand why your journey through five countries was seen as an adventure and somebody else who's traveling from Syria they're judged differently can you yeah. explain where that difference yeah i'm a white european looking woman basically um even though i come from south america half my family is south american and half my family is european so i had the incredible luck and privilege to inherit italian citizenship because my family was from italy and because I have that piece of paper and because I look the way I look, I am granted so many more opportunities and judged so differently from people that don't have that. And it always strikes me that, you know, all of the people that we support and that I meet deserve to be here more than me. Yet I am never asked to go back to my country, even though I could, because I wouldn't be fearing for my life if I did. And they do get told to go back to their country, but they can't. They probably want to, but they can't. And it's just that, that double standard that to me is incredibly unfair. And so if I have the opportunity to, you know, all of those privileges that I afforded to me, why not help them to, you know, support those that don't have that? Earlier on, you mentioned that you connect your donors, the people who are re-gifting their clothing to recipients shoppers mm -hmm. but do you feel that those moments are actually beginning to make any kind of an impact in changing the perception that people have in this country of what we stereotypically believe a refugee to be 
I hope so. I do realize that, you know, we we are only tackling a very small proportion of the population currently. And it's obviously a part of the population that already wants to help in some way because they're already prone to making a bit of an extra effort to donate their clothes because doing so through our services takes a bit more effort than simply either chucking them away or taking them to a charity shop. So in a way, we are appealing to a section of the population that is already wanting to help. But basically what we want to do as well with our platform, which is what we're trying to do, is because the work that we do sits in a very interesting intersection of fashion sustainability and donation sustainability, female empowerment and refugee rights. And so we've got people that come to us because they're interested in any of those three avenues. So if you come to us because you want to be more sustainable in how you dispose of your clothing, but then through our platform and our website you start learning about refugee rights then fantastic if you come through us because you're you know you're passionate about female empowerment or refugee rights and then you start learning about fashion sustainability then amazing so we're trying to attract people in all of different ways and then hoping that they're going to join the community and find that there's a lot more there as well Um, so for example we now have two researchers in our team of volunteers, one in fashion sustainability and one in refugee rights. And they're doing a lot of research in putting out information so that we can also raise awareness of different aspects of what we do. We hope that we are going to make a difference. We're only getting started, so we'll see where this can go. But I think that, you know, the best that we can do is put the information out there and hope that people are receptive of it. That was Sol Escobar, founder of Give Your Best. You can find out more about the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube.